Good afternoon and welcome to Susan Harmon Experience She. And we are, well, we're, we're being cautiously optimistic here. <laughs> we're we're um, practicing all the safe things, um, you know, that, that need to happen because there's this virus that some people seem to still be semi-aware of especially the leadership in the United States. Um, Eric, how about you? You uh, you social distancing? Hey, I was social distancing before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's called being a loner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, now, see, the, us yeah. introverts are finally coming into our own, you know. we <laughs> This is our day. This is our chance to shine, and uh, I think we're doing pretty well. Is- really messing with us extroverts (laughs) i hear you so yeah it's um i mean we're laughing uh you know but this is you know this is really pretty serious situation absolutely absolutely they're predicting as many as two hundred and forty thousand deaths uh, due to the coronavirus in this country alone. Alone. Yeah. I mean, right now we have um, worldwide uh, under 57,000. Right. But that. But it still but continues to spread. The that have peaked um, are seeing uh, some resurgence because they they haven't taken as many. I mean, it's, you know, I'd say it's a weak virus, but it's an insidious little thing. Yep. Um, we have at this point in the United States over a quarter of a million uh, confirmed cases. Now, one of the issues for me, anyway, I believe, is testing. Iceland, uh, I don't know if anybody has looked at the studies from Iceland, but they have, uh, they're testing everybody. They're not, uh, they're not just saying, oh, you have to show symptoms, because one of the things they're discovering, you can have COVID-19 and have no symptoms, about 25% yeah. of people. So and, that's, and, and to be fair, Iceland is a, a very small country with a very small is. population, it and I, I think it's like 75% or 80% live in one city, so it's a lot easier yeah. for them it's to a get a hold easy. on things than us, but... We can yeah, learn from what they're doing. Total. Yeah. 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 And we, we have more than that in Arizona. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the fact that they see that, honestly, the single most important thing we can do is testing. Agreed. And uh, to, to say... Uh, the fact that we have a slow start, and I did want to uh, want to address um, one of the things that my my friends that are um, avid Trump supporters, I'm having less and less patience with. Huh. Uh, I'm serious. I've tried so hard to be patient, but honest to goodness, if you don't see that this man is mentally ill at this point, you're never going to see it. It's just, you, you're, you've drank, you drank the Kool-Aid. Okay. Right. You just, <laughs> I mean, you drank the Kool-Aid. So one of the things that's being said that both Bush and Obama cut back, you know, on the office of, um, Oh gosh, what's, what, what's it called? Where they're studying for pandemics. Um, anyway, that that element in the White House and the CDC. Right. So the pandemic um, response team. Basically. The pandemic response team. Well, when uh, and Obama did this is this is only half the story. Yes, Bush and Obama both did that. However, as soon as the Ebola thing came, Obama and they quickly brought it back in. Mm-hmm. They were very fortunate that they developed a vaccine very quickly, but. Here is where the issue, this is what changes. This is what, how, it, how it's different. Uh, they developed that and that helped. But they realized that they had made a terrible mistake and they warned Trump about the mistake they had made. Right. This, it's been widely reported that during the Obama and uh, Trump's meeting, you know, where they, they do the a transition between the presidents— they thoroughly discussed the possibility of an upcoming pandemic and d- discussed why they had beefed up this pandemic response team uh, that the White House would oversee. And Trump said, well, w- there's no knowing what he was thinking, but he basically thinking? just eliminated uh, it. Aren't you using that term a little loosely? <laughs> 
I Go hear. Ahead, well, I mean, it, it's often, <laughs> just, you know, it's often speculated that anything that Obama did, he just he wanted automatically undo. didn't like. Yeah. So oh, and this exactly. is one of those cases where he undid the the work that the Obama team did for who knows what reason. But yeah, to the detriment of, the, of the country. Absolutely. So one of the things that, that they paint, pointed out in their scenario, I just wanted to emphasize this, not just a global pandemic, but a shortage of ventilators and the necessity of a unified response. Those were the two, two things that they talked about. Uh, because, you know, we have a, 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 a for-profit healthcare system, which is very difficult uh, when you have no beds for people. Um, you know, so we, we have s systems set up in this country that make it even more difficult. But with the fact that they were warned and they were told this and, and, and that these things were particularly important, but they didn't heed the warnings. And that is uh, outrageous because the country should be your main uh, concern, not how much money you can make by being president. So um, it... it um, it's really careful. I mean, I mean, it's really, it's discouraging. Um, the fact that South Korea offered twice to share their information and they called uh, Trump and, and said, we'd like to present this to the G20. But I look at this and I think, you know, we have this thing called the United Nations and it's actually housed in New York City. Mm -hmm. And one wonders what is keeping all of us from a world approach? It seems to me, silly little me, with my tiny little voice here, oh, Lordy, oh, Lordy, oh, Lordy. Good Lord, why don't they listen to me? I don't know. But anyway, it seems to me that having a worldwide unified response would make such a huge difference. You mean to a why? worldwide problem? <laughs> To a worldwide problem? Oh, hark, silly <laughs> me, right? Yeah. But it just seems to me that if we had a teleconference of the leaders of all the nations, and we we sit and we and the, those who have had some success now, and the and the concern now is there's a second wave hitting Asia because they they said, oh, everything's good. Too soon. What is it? Instead of just Okay, we're we're all going to be on lockdown on our borders now. I get that, and I get locked down in your house. I mean, in Arizona, we have a five o'clock curfew now, and I don't know if there is there a curfew in Washington State now. No, no. Well, we have a stay in place order. Well, that's basically the same sort of, except now here they're saying a curfew. Um, I have I had to go to Home Depot because I you know needed some things, but the way that they were doing it was the same as they were doing it at Trader Joe's. You know, six feet separation. You're going in a few at a time. They're letting you in, and people are are keeping their distance inside the stores. And then the same thing with checkout. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's that is good. My biggest concern is the people that are asymptomatic. Right. Um, right. We still need, I think we need a world response. I really do. Why, why not a teleconference of world leaders without egos bumping up against each other? Without, <laughs> uh, it can happen. <laughs> oh, God. You don't. I am such an optimist. <laughs> oh, Lord. So here we go. Um, the, egos the countries... are going to bump in that scenario. Okay. I don't care. Let them bump, but as long as <laughs> information gets out. Instead of maybe the leaders, maybe we should have the health leaders. There you go. Have the, oh, just adjusted the plan. See how good I am at this. <laughs> Let's not have world leaders. Let's have every country present their health leaders. Right. On a teleconference. And, sure, and the whole idea, I don't know if you saw this, I think it just happened uh, like yesterday or, or there was a ship's captain, uh, the USS Roosevelt, mm -hmm. that was relieved of duty yep. because he had sent a letter home and somehow it got 
leaked to the the the, the to the Chronicle, San Francisco Chronicle. That's because San Francisco is his hometown, uh, and he was relieved of duty because he cared about his sailors. Right. You know, in the left, I mean, it just so makes me so angry. He says we need to get all the sailors off the ship because they had cases of COVID nineteen. They're in close quarters. They're in bunks, you know, inches from each other. Mm-hmm. And we've get seen them- from the cruise ship experiences That's right. how they quickly this spreads on a ship. That's correct. And what twenty five percent of the people on the on that cruise ship showed no symptoms and tested positive. Um, also, you can get a false negative with the test. That's another concern. So getting his sailors off the ship and doing a deep cleaning on the ship is absolutely the right thing to do. And for the acting um, idiot, I mean, the acting person in charge of the Navy to say, well, this would send uh, people into panic. I don't think so. I really believe if people are given the truth and are told, okay, this is what the situation is. This is how we need to handle it. You're not just given, okay, this is the situation, but you're also given a response to the situation that makes sense and is logical. People don't panic. They actually feel relieved that you're doing something to address the situation. Well, some people will panic no matter what. But for the most well, yeah, part, they all right voted there. for Trump. So, you know, I, I just don't have time. Well, I'm for thinking him. of the lunatic that tried to crash a train into the uh, the the ship in Los Angeles. The USS Mercy, I think it is. Really? Yeah. I, I, you didn't hear about that story? No, I missed that one. Okay. How did I miss that? Yeah. What, tell, tell, tell me that one, Eric. Uh, well, you know, they sent the the relief ship. Uh, to Los Angeles to help deal with um, medical cases that weren't COVID uh, related. And they sent another one to New York. Well, this train driver. uh, Engineer, they're called engineers. Yeah, yeah. But he somehow has it in his head that this was a conspiracy and they weren't actually um, there to help people, and he was going to expose that conspiracy by <laughs> trying to crash a train into a ship. Never mind the physics of that. That <laughs> clearly this guy needed help. Won't, Nobody won't was hurt, far. thankfully. But yeah, you've got those kind of lunatics out there. So, well, yeah, that same as the guy that went in to rescue the girls from uh, Hillary Clinton's, uh, you know, hidden place in uh, the basement of a pizza shop in D.C. that has no basement. <laughs> Remember? Yes. I No, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm here and I remember. I was just yeah. grabbing a call from our one of our guests today. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. 12.15 already. <laughs> I am so excited because this is a person that I love so much. She is not just a friend of the show. She is one of my very dearest and closest friends, and I love her tremendously. And I want the world to know, Melinda Rabine is the coolest chick in Tacoma. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love you too, Susan. Thank you. What a nice uh, way to introduce me. <laughs> As the coolest chick in Tacoma. <laughs> and a very talented well, I was filmmaker. Say, like Washington State, maybe, but whatever, I guess. We'll okay. Oh, <laughs> well. <laughs> I'm just kidding, you guys. <laughs> we'll change the uh, the lettering on the crown. <laughs> and the sash. <laughs> oh, God. So, Eric, are you um, cozy all in from uh, from your neck of the woods, or are you telecommuting, or are you at the studio? I am at the studio, keeping oh, us going. Okay. Okay, There's just okay. a handful of you up there, right? Yeah, it's kind of a skeleton crew here. We're we're definitely doing our social distancing, and, and the majority of the the programs on the station now are, uh, you know, broadcasting from remote locations. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. yeah. We're Some of us up. are ahead of the curve on that. That's right. We sent you to Arizona just to be safe. <laughs> just to be safe. <laughs> and it's working. It's so far so good. <laughs> so, Melinda, um, I went on YouTube and lo and behold, what are you doing, Melinda? <laughs> well, I am 
working remotely, shall we say, and um, I was inspired and um, thought during this time of kind of chaos and crisis and unknowns, um, I would like to get stories. I'd like to get stories from people from around the world, and um, I've done probably about, about a handful of interviews already, and then had my first one be released earlier this week, and I just felt that um, he had some really important information and maybe things that we don't think of. You know, we hear social distancing. We need we hear we need to keep our distance. I don't think some people realize um, why that is or to the extent that doctors are having to face in the ER room. Um, and I felt that, you know, um, Dr. Adelman had important topics that he addressed in his piece, and so I did um, a little four-minute mini-documentary. He is a surgeon in Seattle, and he kind of lays it out there, like there's choices that they have to make, and they, because of um, not having, for various different reasons, but, um, you know, not having the the supplies, the um, staff, in order to, you know, take care of everybody. So, you know, right now their big priority is, or their main priority is those who's coming in with COVID-19. But he talks about, you know, if grandmother's on a ventilator and, she, you know, but someone, you know, someone else who's younger comes in, he's got, or she or he's got COVID-19, you know, what do you do? Who do you pick? You know, because there's only so many ventilators. If you come in and you are in a car accident and, you know, driving drunk and get in a car accident, you know, you might not get the, you may not, they may not be able to help you. They may not be able to resuscitate you. And I think those are the things that people aren't thinking of. And, you know, I, I think, um, and it, you know, there's those extremes, but it's just a simple fact of respecting people. And even though you may not show or have any symptoms, you may be a carrier and can give it to various other people that you meet along the way. And yeah, I just decided to put his story out there first. And then the next one will be, looking at um, Taiwan, and they are only three-and-a-half-hour plane um, or a flight to Wuhan and, um, and like, about a 30-minute car ride, and yet, you know, they're so close, but yet they only have, last time I looked, was a little over 200 people who, uh, with COVID-19 and um, three deaths, and I think that's and, volume. And you're pretty close to Taiwan, aren't you? Yeah, I have relatives there, so um, they're more worried about me than themselves. And, and, they, you know, and they should be. Yeah, yes, yes, um, unfortunately, very true. And so I've been buskering down in my place and just going out when I absolutely need to go out. Um, and, yeah I, yeah, I see people are, in the beginning anyways, posting about, group workout outside and I'm like that is not social distancing <laughs> and I tried to talk to my close friends who put those posts out there and they just they couldn't understand so but, you know yeah. so I was like um, all right I'll do you my, said I'll something my very huh? yeah you said something very important a minute ago about um choosing who gets treatment uh who gets mm-hmm. the equipment and who doesn't um I have a friend who um has a mother uh, in a in a home in uh, New Jersey. She does not mm-hmm. live in New Jersey. She has power of attorney, but she's in another state. Mm-hmm. And uh, they got a letter saying uh, that the families could elect to not have their uh, family member go to the hospital for anything mm-hmm. and just leave them where they are. Oh, wow. And so basically the message is if you're 80 or 90, you're not as valuable as someone who's 30 or 40. And um, I understand when doctors are presented, you know, when you're doing a triage, you have to decide Mm -hmm. who, when you're triaging, who gets care first. Right. And uh, I remember this isn't anything new. People need to understand this isn't just a sudden change. Uh, When my mother uh, was in the hospital and uh, had a, you know, situation, uh, they were saying, well, she's older and we have younger people who need uh, the 
things that she could have and it, we would we we're choosing the younger person over your mother well that may be the logical move but i love my mother sure. and who's right. to say that her contribution to the world which was immense mm-hmm. was less than somebody because of their age right and you know we can't factor that in in the ER. Well, what is this yeah. person's contribution to the world compared to this idiot over here? Do you know what I mean? Who's younger? You know, I mean, there's no way of factoring that in. Yeah. And these are not decisions I believe that anyone takes lightly. I, I don't think they just, I, if I, there may be some people who do, but I think the vast majority of people that are doctors make a decision as best they can you know, for the most common good. And and I yeah. know it weighs on them, weighs on oh, them yeah. horribly. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think it, it's a hard decision. And I think part of it in there is you saying, you know, do the social distancing, wash your hands, be mindful so that we don't have to make those decisions. I mean, no one wants to make that call or choice. I mean, it's horrific, it's, you know. Well, Lord knows that... Uh, it's an impossible decision to make, but it has to be done. And honestly, it is um, because of the fact that we are not uh, responding to this uh, as soon as we quit blaming China. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start with that. That isn't right. helping us at all. Okay. Let go of that. It doesn't matter. What is it that they, the saying when you point what your finger, there's three pointing back at you. Mm-hmm. So let go of that. And let's move forward. Let's look at who's had success. And yes, they are smaller places, but they still have good things to offer. I don't know if you heard me talking to Eric. I said, I thought it would be really great if the world leaders came together on a teleconference. And then I said, without egos tripping. And he said, well, that's not going to happen. The egos yeah. are going to yeah. And then I amended it to that every country should present their health leaders forget the political Mm. leaders, and have these people say, well, this is what worked for us. This is what we found didn't work. This is what, and try to to treat a world problem in a world way. Yeah. I mean, don't you think that's a great idea? Yeah. Yeah. I Uh, mean, we aren't even doing it state to state. Mm -hmm. No, you're right. So, yeah, do you have any any ideas that you think would be would be useful for people besides to grow right. up? Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we can't say, you know, woulda, shoulda, coulda done. We have to look right. at what is where our situation is is right Correct. now and tackle it from here. I definitely agree with you. It'd be great if we if the great minds of every state in this country got together in talk type video conferencing it would be wonderful but i do know social distancing just stay just where we're at right now we have to stay away from each other we ha- we cannot be out there talking mingling you know getting together like you find peace and solitude in yourself or in you know if you're married husband or wife if you have a you know living boyfriend or girlfriend you know your partner or your roommate you know, Get the uh, Kama Sutra. You have time. time to practice that. Um, but, exactly. Yeah, it, there's benefits in it if we just take the time um, uh, and do it. it. It may feel uncomfortable. It may feel awkward. But you're, you're not just saving your life, but you're saving so many other people's lives. And even if you can't see it right now, you'll be able to see the effects of it later on. I mean, we're already seeing the effects of not social distancing and the numbers that continue to rise. Um, and and when, if you go, if you have to go out there, be respectful to people. Have, do the six feet and um, take what you need, not what you want for six months down the road. Like there's other people in your community. So when you go shopping, shop for, you know, that couple of weeks that fills you up and, Right. Quit with the toilet paper craze. Seriously. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's such a ridiculous thing. I was just out of toilet paper. And just, yeah, be respectful. It's not a time to just think about it. 
you. What a beautiful gift is learning to think about other people besides ourselves. And you see what's happening to, you know, Mother Earth. You're seeing what's happening to the environment. It can finally start to breathe after all of the pollution and the damage that we've done to it. And what amazing opportunity we have to, you know, know, look at all the climate, some of the effects of climate change. Right. So for all the climate change deniers, Take a look that for the first time, people are seeing the sky. They couldn't see it before because of the of all the air pollution. And now yeah. you look at so many species of animals are doing so much better. They're in yeah. Italy. They're seeing the mm-hmm. porpoises coming into the canals. Right. The water, you know, and things that are yeah. in L.A. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. All of these things that are, the air is clearing. The animals yeah. are, are moving around. They're, the otters are out on the land where they used to be, you know, right. not, you know, playing and having a good time. Whereas before yeah. people could see them, they were there, but they would, you know, have to run and hide. Now they have a chance to, woohoo, we're otter playing, you know. Well, yeah, maybe we'll actually be able to see the stars that are up in the sky at night, you know. So, and I hope we, I hope we learn from this. I hope we change our ways for the better. Don't yes. call me Pollyanna, but I, you know, there is always good in, in hard times. See, I totally believe that this part of this. Now, and I'm not saying Mother Earth created it, but who knows? Yeah. Uh, that we are having the opportunity to re-examine our relationship mm-hmm. with the Earth, with each mm-hmm. other, and with other species. Yeah. And perhaps. The way we've been living, oh, Hark, um, it's not the optimum way to live. We're so busy being busy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that we forget to go within. And yeah. here's this opportunity. Now, I live in Arizona. Right now, I have the windows open because it's only going to be 82 today. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> and what's the temperature? Nice 47 out here. I think it's yeah. 43 right now. <laughs> but the birds are just singing away. But, you know, I hear the birds here all the time. But I know that in cities where there's so much air pollution, for the first time they're hearing the birds. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's reassess. Take a look. This is our opportunity as a species to shift how we're living. The first thing we can do is quit being angry with each other all the time. That would help because seriously, <laughs> folks, the worst thing you can have is a is a compromised immune system, and anger is going to compromise your immune system faster than anything Definitely, else. Right? Right? You know. So if you're coming from a loving heart and that kind of a place, that strengthens your immune system. Yeah. Drink more water. You know what? You don't have to buy bottled water. It's running through the pipes of your house. And paper towels, I have, uh, I use cloth towels all the time. And toilet paper, mm-hmm. take an old towel, cut it up, use it, throw it in the washer. Life hack. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Go back to the old ways in some ways. Yeah. And then yeah. we, don't, we don't have to be a throwaway society because also look at all the plastic. Oh gosh! You know, right? I mean, does the ocean have enough plastic? Yes, it does. You know, yeah. we can change the way we interact with ourselves and with the planet and and with other species, and we need to turn around. Yeah, I don't want to hear anything about the economy. We're going to be okay. Yes, I agree. You know, and frankly, in my atten- in my opinion, the economy needs to shift from where it's where it is anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not working. When I look at, I was saying the other day to someone, well, $50,000 will get me through a year. And then I looked at 55% of families in the United States have $40,000 or less to live on. Mm-hmm. Think about this. They are not making a living wage over half the country. Right. So our economy is not working, and the world economy is not working to the benefit of the most, the majority of the people that live on it. Yeah. We need to change. We really do. And, and change for some people is very frightening. 
I don't see it as that way. I see it more of as an adventure. <laughs> Why not get together? Can't, don't you think? I think yeah. the creative people need to be honored. You know, people that make films and stuff like Melinda Rabine. thank you thank you 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 know what i'm saying you know there's a i forgot i looked at it earlier there's a kowalski oh gosh what's the guy's name um a kaczynski and he's Mm -hmm. he's an actor you know who i'm talking about right and he's he has started this this new web show called some good news and he had his little kids made the sign uh sn uh sgn you know some some good news and he's mm-hmm. he's uh he he's doing this uh this sign he said his daughter's made it and it's like really cool and Steve Carell was his first guest and he's it's dedicated to positive news stories and the reason this touched me is for years I used to say I want to start a newspaper called the good news newspaper do you know what I mean <laughs> so he says why is there not a news show dedicated entirely to good news? I'm like, yes, I said that 30 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, you so, should have jumped on it. <laughs> yeah, but somebody else is doing it, so I feel really good about that. It's a 15-minute episode, and he's, it's just really good. He's it, This first one is about the amazing work being done by healthcare workers and the heartfelt appreciation that's been displayed for their endeavors and all that. Aww. And you're doing the same yeah. thing. See, creative people are, are taking their creativity and putting it out there to help people. So can yeah. you tell people how they can find that on YouTube? What was that? Can you tell our audience how they can find you on YouTube with your because okay. it's really beautiful. If you just um, type in Melinda Rabine, so R A E B like in boy Y N E, or you could do on the title, which is Intimate A or A Intimate Look Covert Nineteen, and it should pop it up. Um, you know, Seattle is the first one, and then like I said, the next one will be Taiwan. So. Um, so yeah, cool. thank you, Susan. And then well, can I just say one th- other thing is we got take as much time as you need. We're already five minutes late for the break, so go ahead. Oh, oh, <laughs> real quick, just be grateful to your cashier cashiers at the grocery oh, store. Be kind and be respectful. They're putting their lives on the line too. Let's say a good word for Costco. And Safeway's going to start doing it of putting the, you know, like when you go into the salad bars and they have the sneeze things, they're putting mm-hmm. those up. They're putting those up and at the checkout stands. That's great. Yeah, I've already started to see that in some of the uh, smaller local places in Tacoma. They did that at a co-op. Oh, we did. Good. We did. They, they did this at Home Depot, too. We, we had to get paint. And so we left the paint chip. And they had two rows of, you know, those big orange buckets they have at Home Depot that, you know, for mm-hmm. your mixing paints and what. So they had two rows of those at the counter. So that's as close as you could get. And he said, well, the paint will be there on the on the orange cans when it's ready. So we went and got the keys and other things we had to do. And we went back and there it was, picked up the can, got it, checked out, paid for it, put it. Thank God he put it on the floor of the back seat of his girlfriend's car. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we got to my house. It, the can had not been pounded down, and there was paint spilled out all over. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. So oh, I called Home hi. Depot. They said that they're setting up a claim and so forth. But it was very, very frustrating, especially that here I have someone coming over out of the kindness of his heart doing this and using his girlfriend's car, who's, you know, innocent bystander completely. Yeah. Um, but they, he wet it all down and everything so that it could be cleaned uh, later, you know, that evening. So, I mean, wow. that was a good thing. But I'm just saying that I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> the fact is, you know, that was a bad moment. But it was still, it also brought up what the good things were that were happening. Do you, do you understand what I mean? Sure, yeah. So, Yeah. And I think we all have to be cognizant of these things and that people, you know, that uh, they don't know who you are when you walk in where they're working. Right. And you could very easily be asymptomatic and be a carrier and not know it. 
Exactly. Very, very true. You're not intentionally doing anything. It's happening anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Well, anything well, else, thank darling? Thank you. Nope, that's it. Thank you, both of you, for allowing me to be on the show and your continuous support. And appreciate you both. And stay healthy and safe. We will. And Lord knows I appreciate you coming on. All right. Love you. Take care. Love you, too. Bye. Take care, Melinda. Bye-bye. God, she's such an amazing woman. And and so heart-centered, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, she takes her skills and tries to do things to help the world. You know, she's doing that, doc, making a documentary on uh, trafficking, sexual trafficking mm-hmm. and all. And, you know, she just, she does so many things. It's her film on the homeless. You know, she's just really a beautiful human being. So let's take a short break. Um, you are listening to Susan Harmon Experience, she on Alternative Talk Radio, KKNW. Stay tuned for more scintillating conversation. Are you ready to create relationships that actually work for you? Our Vast Institute Healthy Relationship Programs are designed for anyone ready to take relationships with self and others to the next level of confidence, trust, and intimacy. Enroll now for our April 5th program, Building the Healthiest of Relationships. If you're ready for a relationship where each person is free to learn, grow, and thrive, call us at 206-935-7872 or visit our website at vastinstitute.com to register. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed Becky Walsh live from the UK. She is celebrated in London as the stand-up psychic, known for both her wit and wisdom. On Saturday, Rebecca Norrington returns, eager to share her point of view on how to maintain your happiness even in the midst of the pandemic. Bringing you mastery and mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on AM 1150. Susan Harmon is offering her skills as an intuitive counselor, medium, and energy healer via phone or Skype with her audience at a reduced rate of $40 for the first half hour. Susan listens to your guidance and gives what is needed for you in the present moment. Email susan at susanharmon.com and put I love the Susan Harmon hour in the subject line. This is a limited time offer, so set up your appointment by emailing susan at susanharmon.com today. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Alternative Talk, 1150 on AM, 98.9 HD3 on HD, 1150kknw.com on the web. Welcome back to Susan Harmon Experience. I did want to leave people with um, last words, social distancing, and remember that masks protect others from you. They do not protect you from others. So bear that in mind Um, and still practice your social distancing. We uh, have Michelle Sherman's uh, Introduction to Original Thinking segment on today. And uh, today, what she's going to be talking about is sparking positive consciousness. I think that is going to be uh, really a very positive uh, segment for us to have with all of this that's going on. Remember, there's nothing that we cannot get past. We're all in this together, and we have to work with each other. If you can, try to get hold of your Congress peace, people, White House, whatever, and say we need a unified national front. We need to come at this as one nation, not little pockets, not little this, little that. But always remember, in their home by yourself, just dance with the mirror. Have a great day. Welcome to the Vast Institute's A Taste of Original Thinking. My name's Michelle Sherman, and we are here to discuss how you can become more successful by tapping into your most authentic self and sparking positive consciousness. We have fresh approaches and insights to share, thus the name of our podcast, A Taste of Original Thinking. What is original thinking? As our, one of our favorite thought leaders, Albert Einstein, said... 
we cannot solve our problems at the same level of thinking uh, we used when we created them. We agree with Albert. Have you seemed stuck in, in a situation that you tried to solve over and over again? Original thinking may be the answer. And the reason that we really like original thinking and the practice of original thinking is because it is a very effective, respectful, inclusionary, and gentle way to improve the quality of your life and the quality of those around you. And I said in a very respectful way, and who would not appreciate that these days? Um, we are very dedicated to supporting you in developing self-awareness, um, leadership capabilities that include emotional intelligence, really top-level uh, relationship skills, emotional wisdom, and creativity. We believe in authenticity. We teach authenticity studies, consciousness studies, and, of course, practical optimism. We love those sorts of things. Now, one of the things that we are here today to discuss is consciousness. And consciousness is something that a lot of people are really a little bit unsure as to what that means. So we're going to define it today. We're going to talk a little bit about one of our heroes in pioneering human consciousness, Dr. David Hawkins, who wrote a book called Power Versus Force in 1995 and as director of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School. So with Dr. Hawkins, he uh, saw how consciousness could really be helpful in us dealing with those most intractable problems. Quote is, the main obstacle to man's development is his lack of knowledge about the nature of consciousness itself. So we're here to demystify that today as a primer on consciousness, and um, we are going to share a little bit about why it matters and how it can improve your life. We are creator beings. We are very amazing beings, humans, and I, uh, I always get to see the best in people and, and have the pleasure of helping them develop the best in themselves. The reason that consciousness studies are a wonderful part of the vast curriculum is because most people don't think in these terms, and it explains a heck of a lot um, about why the world shows up the way it does. It, uh, it, you know, so consciousness studies are practical in that they, they allow you to uh, feel more comfortable with what's going on in the world because you have a different perspective, a perspective that, again, is gentle and clear human being and have a, a, a level of understanding and compassion for where they're at and then how to be in right relationship to them. Um, it's also, of course, always about better understanding ourselves on a variety of levels. So it's a very important I guess, idea to play with. And again, as an original thinker, we really appreciate uh, you understanding the power of harnessing imagination and being able to work with it as someone who would like to improve your life and the world at large. So you get to do two things through consciousness studies. You get to define the rules of the game and you get to answer the questions that are most important to you. So Let's start now by defining consciousness. So for myself, I believe that, first of all, consciousness is where we pay attention. Consciousness is the prism through which we see the world. So if I have a prism of shame, then I will see the world a particular way. If I have a prism of absolute delight in the sparkling, twinkling eyes of every human being I see that day, I will have a very different experience. Sometimes we are unaware of the impact that these things have. And what I want to start with is just letting you know that as we explain different approaches and different levels or different calibrations of consciousness, different types of consciousness, I want to say that each of us is a mix of all of them. Some of the very bold ones, some of the very courageous moments, some of the very selfless, altruistic moments, and some that we're not completely proud of. We all have those aspects to us. It's part of the mix 
That's why we talk about wholeness instead of perfection. So because consciousness is important and because it is a filter, Dr. Hawkins, as I had mentioned earlier in his pivotal work, Power Versus Force, and we do have another program called Accomplishing Your Goals with Ease that talks in greater detail about Dr. Hawkins' work for those who are interested on our website. Dr. Hawkins found the technique of kinesthesiology, which was muscle testing. And because of his personal experiences of enlightened thinking, he calibrated different levels of consciousness. And by that, I mean, he was able to identify that if people had a worldview, life is just despising everything, then those people would have misery and shame and humiliation, and really, uh, they would not thrive. And then there were experiences where people were were wanting revenge, and uh, they were vengeful, and they were antagonistic, and they were angry, and they were filled with hate and aggression. And those people, again, they did not seem to thrive. They were just completely consumed with those feelings because that's what they thought was most important. So God bless them and may they be more at peace. Uh, We all have those moments. The point I want to make is as we, he started looking at different calibrations of consciousness, he moved up the scale to a place of courage, which was, he resonated it at and calibrated it at 200. And then beyond that was enabling. The world was a, enabling you to be successful. And so you were satisfied and you were neutral and you could trust and you could release past pain. And then there were moments where people saw life as merciful and wise and loving. And so in how we look at the world, what are basic assumptions, which we will call our belief in our prism, right? The prism through which we see the world. Are we lovable? Are we imperfect? Are we capable? All of us are here to work out what the truth of that is. And so with consciousness studies, what I'm able to do is I'm able to understand that there are people who are so consumed with the pain and the suffering of some of these basic assumptions of vengefulness and pain and fear, that they are not, they do not have the energy to uh, see the world as I might with love and with compassion and with generosity and with um, reverence. And I would love very much as, as most people would to be able to remedy that. The generosity and the kindness and the gener- and the beauty of the human spirit and the human soul, whether it's at your neighborhood or your church or your uh, synagogue or your mosque or community center or, again, your PTA meeting. Uh, I love the PTA. Or wherever you get. So Dr. Hawkins calibrated consciousness and then discovered that there were different elements that filtered consciousness and that there was a place where it went from pain and fear to more love and light, more love. So from fear to love. And this is my explanation of that threshold. And that threshold was at 200. So above 200... People were capable of seeing the best in the world and improving the world. And below 200, people were consumed with the pain and the difficulty of what was presented to them or the emotional wounds or the trauma, the difficulties of life. And again, with great love and compassion, I um, appreciate that. I've had those moments myself. My life has had its ups and its downs. I have heard that from every one of my friends and clients and the people I care most about, how life has these moments where it just stinks. But it's just moments. And the way for myself, those of us who are capable of understanding, as some might call it, a higher level of consciousness, illuminated thinking, enlightenment, there are a lot of words for it. It's the opportunity for human beings to kind of get that that we're, we're capable and able to live in harmony with each other, which somebody might call source consciousness, Christ consciousness, nature, love, whatever it is for you, 
whatever you define it as, we all know it in our hearts as that place where, where we're excited and happy that we're here and we're alive and how contagious that is for the people around us. So with consciousness studies in mind, this threshold of 200 is really wonderful because what Dr. Hawkins also discovered is there's a counterbalance. And he realized and said that although only 15% of the world's population the critical con- uh, reached the critical consciousness level of 200, the collective power of that 15% has the weight to counterbalance the remaining negativity of the world's population. So we are contributing our positivity and our love and our goodness and our kindness to the to the consciousness of humanity and uplifting those people who might not be capable of doing it themselves. And the same thing is true when you're dealing with negativity or bullies and giving them uh, and giving them your attention and moving into the places that they spend time, that anger, that revenge, that win-lose. What it does is it drags consciousness and it pulls people down. And they start thinking or doing things they might not consider because they are surrounded, they're human beings, and they are being influenced physically, neurologically, emotionally, without fully understanding that this is having an impact on them. So the bully scenario is the one that most people are aware of. And my goal is, how do you address that? So in order to address bullies, I'd like to just share a little bit about that with you today. Because bullies are the place in consciousness that most people feel they're willing to learn about consciousness to deal with bullies. (laughs) So the thing about bullies is they have a lower level of consciousness. And what the most effective thing is, is not to go to their emotional place of fear or anger. What you need to do is to the best of your ability, learn the skills to be comfortable um, with who you are and know that you get to define the rules of the game for you. Bullies like to make assumptions that you will go and you must go and they've got power. No, the thing is there are a lot of assumptions that you need to challenge. You eat, you also can do not take any of it personally and realize you're dealing with someone who sees the world completely differently than you do. And that in your being kind, you and being trustworthy, you are giving them the opportunity to move above the threshold, to see life as beautiful and wonderful. So it's a great thing to be able to do. What I want to say is consciousness studies are about respecting and caring and being in right relationship with people. We've built vast around a simple premise that what I do matters. The idea of helping other people be encouraged and uplifted, we love it. Thank you. Please come to www.vastinstitute.com to learn more and um, see you at our next podcast. Are you ready to create relationships that actually work for you? Our Vast Institute Healthy Relationship Programs are designed for anyone ready to take relationships with self and others to the next level of confidence, trust, and intimacy. Enroll now for our April 5th program, Building the Healthiest of Relationships. If you're ready for a relationship where each person is free to learn, grow, and thrive, call us at 206-935-7872 or visit our website at vastinstitute.com to register.